Hello, 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 everybody, and happy Monday. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Let's Talk About Shh. For anybody joining us for the very first time, this is a live podcast where we talk about love and obscene relationships. So who am I? My name is Tila. I'm a sex educator, relationship expert, and published author. Um, as I mentioned, this is a live broadcast, which means that your comments, uh, should you choose to type any, will pop up in the chat and turn in, pop up in the video feed, as well as we do accept live callers. Now, I just want to specify that this is a, we want to create a nice safe space for everybody where people feel comfortable to call in and ask questions. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Um, lots of people have had access or lack of access to proper sex education. So there's all kinds of questions people have. So if people are asking questions or need help or advice, please be supportive and make it a fun place to be. All right. So uh, this week I thought we would talk about gender equality and things that stand in the way. This is a huge topic and we're only going to cover certain parts of it um, this week. We might dive more into it into the future, but just making sure all of our feeds are up and going. It looks like we're all good. Awesome. So I hope everybody had a good weekend. And yeah, let's get let's get started. Now, if you do want to call in, um, please feel free to call in with any thoughts, questions, comments. Um, even if it's, if you have a question or you need some advice that's not related to our, any of our topics, feel free to call in anyway. We can always pick up after, um, not a big deal. And if you want to call in, it's one 777 5589 completely toll free. All right. So let's talk about gender equality and let's start with unpacking a bit around sexism. So sexism it's a big topic uh, a lot of different ideas and thoughts out there and it's a topic that's constantly evolving and we're changing how we're thinking about it and we're changing how we're talking about it because it's changing i mean strictly speaking uh the definition is a prejudice stereotyping or discrimination typically against women on the basis of sex uh, last year, they came through with a global definition, which is more um, defined as any act, gesture, visual representation, spoken or written words, practice, or behavior based upon the idea that a, a person or a group of persons is inferior because of their sex, which occurs in the public or private sphere, whether online or offline. So that kind of covers a whole whack of stuff. Um, but it sort of gives us a basis for, for what we're going to talk about. Most people sort of understand what sexism is or they have a basic idea of what it means. Uh, so I don't want to spend too much on that. Um, what most people don't know actually about sexism is where it all started. Uh, lots of people think, you know, we we're sort of guided by this uh, version of human history that we've, that we've received. But the funny thing about human history is I'm sure many of us are learning, uh, particularly with um, many of the discussions that are happening around privilege and racism right now. There's lots of history that has happened that is not taught. Now, when as far as sexism goes, uh, lots of people sort of think that it arises from this sort of 
attitude of like, oh, hunter gatherer, you know, um, men went out and did the hunting, women did the child rearing, and that's, you know, where these attitudes stem from, and that actually is not correct. Um, if you look back through history prior to, I guess prior to a lot of things, but um, prior to, I think it was around the 15 or 1600s, um, lots of societies, there were, sexism wasn't really a thing. Women owned property, uh, women went to work, actually, and you know, prior to the rise of capitalism, women actually held positions like doctors. They were actually primarily, I mean, they weren't always called doctors. Sometimes they were called midwives um, or wise women, that sort of thing. Depends on the region, of course. Um, but women traditionally held those types of roles. And what happened is that when we started seeing the rise of capitalism, there was a huge shift. Um, I'm not going to get into the like specific itty bitty tiny details that led to the chain of events. Um, if you are interested in learning that, I would actually recommend a book called Caliban and the Witch. Lays it out incredibly well, uh, all cited as well. But um, the basic gist of it is that when um, we switch to a more capitalist system, the higher, not the higher classes, but the upper class uh, basically said that property belonged to them and that the lower class uh, didn't own any property and that they had to work for the upper class. And that was the start, well, not totally the start, but that was the start of what we know as modern classism. And when those things happened, the lower class sort of revolted because now there's all these people who are angry. And so the upper class decided to basically turn that anger around and told them, well, women actually don't do real work and they can't really own properties. Um, you know, they basically turned around and, and said they took away women's rights to own property and they took away women's rights to work. And this is not something that's typically taught in history, uh, but there were huge riots, massive riots, and a lot of women were slaughtered. And I mean, a lot of men were slaughtered too, but basically the, the riots were, were quieted by a humongous slaughtering of people who opposed the idea. And this is about the time where women were regulated to property because now, because the lower class men um, who could not own property were now told, well, your wife is your property. That's your property. You know, you can do whatever you want. You still have something because you, you have a wife. And with the rise of capitalism, there was this great need for more workers, right? Because now you have this land, you have, you know, sort of like the, well, it's about the time of the Industrial Revolution. So there's a new creation of jobs, but there's no one to fill those jobs. And it became really important that there was more people to fill those jobs. So that became the job of women. Well, Women bear children, that became their job. And this is sort of how gender roles that are very much still part of our society became defined all those years ago. Um, and it's something that has followed us. Um, women have obviously fought for rights. I mean, for the longest time, women couldn't vote, um, you know, and we eventually fought for that right as well. 
And so things have changed and we have seen a shift. But what has happened with sexism is now these attitudes that were started so long ago and became such an ingrained part of society have now become more subtle and less in your face. It's not that women can't vote or can't work or can't own property, but now there's other, other ways that sexism comes out, other ways those attitudes have been passed on. So, so a lot of sexism is really taught. Um, there's not people like racism. People don't grow up being racist. They don't grow up being sexist either. These are attitudes that are taught. And they're attitudes that are taught from an incredibly young age. Um, basically, before we're, before children are even really old enough to comprehend what is occurring around them, the adults in their lives are already imposing gender roles on them. And with those gender roles comes expectations. Um, you know, there was a, a very famous experiment that was done with I remember where it was, but anyway, it's a very famous experiment that was done with um, babies and they dressed the baby in traditionally uh, boy colors and brought it into a room of adults and presented it to the adults and asked the adults to describe the baby. And the baby was described with very masculine features and, and all these, you know, traditionally masculine traits. And then the experimenters said, okay, we're going to be right back. And they left the room and they changed the same baby into colors that were, bleh, sorry, reflected natural um, feminine qualities and brought that same baby in different clothes back in and asked them to describe the baby. And they described the exact same baby with the opposing um, traits. So a lot of things that we show kids and tell kids is things that are imposed by our expectations of their gender. And that is a lot uh, of the root of modern sexism is how we raise kids and how we raise them with these expectations and what sort of rules we set. Um, you know, if you look at how girls are socialized, girls are very much pushed to be caregivers, uh, speak less, smile more. Um, care more about their appearance because there's this, there's that history of women being property and women need to make a good match. So being physically desirable and, and, you know, being a virgin, virginity was highly prized, um, you know, and that's still, while we don't think in those terms necessarily anymore, although some people still do in certain parts of the world, uh, the attitudes remain because if you look at some of the words that we use to describe women who take hold of their sexuality. If a woman in, is enjoying her sexuality, she is often painted with words like slut, loose, whore, um, you know, boys on the other hand are socialized very differently where they're socialized that they should be pursuing these things. Like they should be pursuing sex. They should be pursuing conquest and lots of partners and they're celebrated for their sexual prowess and a lot of the times they're even pressured into it so we see these different attitudes and and how people are raised and it's a lot of it comes from societal expectations of what's typically normal um, it's important to note that a lot of these expectations are very very firmly based around the gender binary 
um, where it's men and women, and those are <laughs> the two options, you know? So people who identify or present as non-binary, there's confusion. They actually actually often face higher levels of, levels of discrimination as well because they don't fit into that binary. And that all plays into the underlying thoughts of sexism. How's everybody doing so far? I know this is kind of a heavy topic and I kind of burned through a lot of content really quickly there. <laughs> Are we still following me? Still feeling okay? So yeah, there's other things that we teach kids too. And you'll see it in simple phrases like, boys will be boys. And that is a horrible sentiment. <laughs> Not only does it excuse bad behavior and it tells um, boys that bad behavior is acceptable for them, but it's actually a fairly anti-male argument. Um, mostly because it carries the implication that we should expect bad behavior from boys and men and that the assumption is that somehow they're not capable of acting appropriately or treating girls and women with respect. And I don't think that's inherently fair to men either. So sexism kind of cuts both ways. Um, I mean, strictly speaking, women face a lot more challenges. Uh, when it comes to sexism, it's held a lot of women back either professionally or um, financially, even in their relationships. Um, successful women are often described as, you know, dragons or cold uh, versus their male counterparts, which are actually celebrated with the exact same qualities. So there's a lot to look at when we talk about sexism and what it means and how it interacts with our society. Um, there is still this sort of underlying prevailing feeling. Um, and it's not something that's typically voiced, but you see it in certain attitudes. And there's this feeling that um, it is somehow shameful to be a woman. And you see this come out in the, all the ways that women are judged um, for their appearance, for how they act, for how they don't act. Um, and you actually see this the most when, we're, when we start looking at the trans community. Trans women experience the highest levels of discrimination and usually highest levels of violence as well, um, particularly trans women of color. And, you know, Whenever I think about this, I think of that that photograph of Iggy Pop, and I'm sure you guys have probably seen it floating around the internet, but he's wearing a dress. And when asked, you know, why are you wearing women's clothes? And he said, well, you know, I'm not ashamed to dress like a woman because I don't think it's shameful to be a woman. And that sort of summarizes, uh, a, well, not summarizes, but it really points out a lot of the attitudes that you know we don't really acknowledge but still per continue to persist and so we're going to spend some time this week 
talking about how we can uh, how we can really address and get to the root of some of these problems and where they sort of stem from and also you know what we can do about them um sexism like racism has a exceptionally long history and it's not going to go over, it's not going to go away overnight um I had an interesting conversation with somebody on Instagram, actually, and they were objecting to the idea that um, I had posted a meme about men needing to call out other men um, for bad behavior, because usually the men who are perpetuating most of the bad behavior are not going to listen to women or non-binary folk. And you know, the person basically was like, oh, well, you know, if, (laughs) if somebody doesn't want to be on the receiving end of that kind of behavior, they should just not be around those people. Like, it's not so easy to call out uh, other men because they're not going to listen to another man either. And what's interesting about that to me, well, one is, I mean, it's, it's basically a nice way of saying I, I can't do anything, therefore I'm not going to try. Um, but, you know, studies um, discussing things with young men, often young men often say that they feel uncomfortable by, you know, things like locker room talk and the way that um, sometimes other men speak about women in a very predatory way. And it makes them uncomfortable, but they're not sure what to do about it. And the funny thing is, is that so a lot of these I hate locker room talk myself. I think it's completely unnecessary because it's all about male ego. So, and it's, it's about violent male ego in many cases. Um, a lot of men's or some men say that it's a bonding experience, but if you have to use putting other people down to increase your own confidence and feelings of self-worth or in order to bond with your buddies, I'd kind of wonder what kind of buddies you have. Um, and why, why do people feel the need to put others down in order to make themselves feel better? So, I mean, I think it's important. I think it's still super important for men to address it with other men because realistically that's where the problem's going to stop. Um, a lot of, when talking about sexism, a lot of people bring up the argument of not all men. Oh, not all men do that. Not all men perpetuate sexism. Not all men are rapists. Not all men say sexist jokes. Not all men do these things. Um, very few people actually mean all men. <laughs> when you make a general statement and it's general enough that it applies to a large enough group of people to be true. It's a general statement. That's sort of what their purpose is. There is no, there are extremely few absolute statements that would apply to every single person that was to come across it. And the other thing too, is that with the whole not all men argument, it just kills me because it's like, seriously, if they, if it's really not all men, them and you don't want men to have a bad name say something out you your your effort is better spent arguing against the bad men than it is arguing with women or other men that it's not all men
um, it's a wasted effort. You're just hijacking the conversation from what the primary problem is, which is the sexism in whatever form that we're talking about it at that moment, and making it about something else. It's basically a big red herring. <laughs> so please don't say not all men. <laughs> Nobody means all, not all men. Nobody thinks not all men. And it doesn't add anything valuable or useful to the conversation. And it also doesn't solve the problem. Um, does that make sense to everybody? Does anybody want to call in and fight me about the not all men thing? Because I get that a lot online. Um, <laughs> people are big talkers when they're, you know, hidden behind a screen name. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you have any thoughts about that, feel free to feel free to call in and we'll, we'll chat about it. Um, how, how's that sitting for everybody? We doing okay? <clears throat> okay. Well, you guys are pretty quiet today. That's all right. Um, all this week, like I said, we're going to be talking about gender equality and how it impacts society and the different ways it manifests. And this is just sort of a little bit of an introduction. Um, we're going to get a little bit more deeper into some of the stuff that we talked about today. And we're also going to discuss a whole bunch of other stuff. <laughs> so tomorrow we're actually going to be talking about sexual objectification. Pardon me and the role it plays and really diving into that. So be sure to tune in that for tomorrow. That's June 16th, 8 p.m. Pacific time, 11 p.m. Eastern. And if you're looking for more, please check out my website, exploresextalk.com. There's tons of free articles on there. And if you're looking for that little bit extra, uh, go over and check out the Sexy Hero Society on my website. That'll give you extra access to extra content. Um, Things like sex positions and relationship challenges and erotic slam and all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, definitely worth it. And it's only a low $20 Canadian every month. I mean, thank you guys so much for joining me today. Um, I hope you guys had a great day and I look forward to seeing you all tomorrow. Take care.